Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is Andre Anderson. I am both host and uh, founder of BSTL. What does it stand for? Building something that lasts. And of course, it's Monday at 7 o'clock p.m. sharp. I hope you're well. The weather is incredible. It's fantastic. We are now in my favorite season of spring. Uh, I know that summer's around the corner, but I'm excited that the weather is this incredible. So anyways, I want to jump into our conversation for today. Um, And I think you're going to enjoy this one. Uh, This one is entitled Coercion. Coercion does not lead to cohesion. Coercion uh, does not lead to cohesion. Now, let me just uh, start off uh, by maybe giving you a little bit of a sense of where I want to go today. And many of us have led and are leading and will continue to lead. Uh, Leadership is always very nuanced and there are a lot of different things that go into all of this. You know, when I began as a leader, and I don't even know when I began, but at least um, having an awareness of being a leader, I I really thought it was about, you know, leading people and, you know, primarily people would get on board and they would be, you know, okay with most of the ideas as long as they were creative and innovative. Um, But there's a whole culture um, behind all of this leading stuff. It's more uh, than just um, finishing an assignment Uh, following through on an objective. There are so many different things that go into all of this. And so somewhere along the way, I realized that there, as I I said before, there are some nuances that go along with this. I realized that there are um, some struggles that we have to kind of deal with today on this podcast, right? Um, Because we know that people do form um, alliances. And I think alliances are good. Um, I think that it's important to collaborate and it's important uh, to bring different people groups together, uh, bring bright minds together. Um, But somewhere in between there, I think that there is something that we have to be very careful of on our way uh, to creating these spaces where people are coming together and working together and they are highly successful and leaders are high-fiving and after work they're going out uh, for lunch and dinner and all of these different things. There's still something that I think um, we have to be careful of. And look, no matter what we talk about here, feel free to disagree. Uh, Whether you go to RSS or you go to LinkedIn, feel free to disagree, right? Because I may be out on the limb all by myself, but at least I want to have this conversation, right? So by definition, this thing that we call coercion, coercion, I don't know why my tongue is tied, um, by definition, here's, here's, here's how it reads, just a real simple uh, definition. It says, the practice of persuading someone to do something by using force or threats. Um, that's the simple definition of coercion. And then now we have um, cohesion, which is the action or fact of forming a united whole. All right, so let's back up a little bit and let's talk a little bit about coercion, okay? Now, the struggle that I'm having with this, and look, let's just be honest with ourselves. Um, We are all guilty of this at some point, especially if you are leading at a very high level. Uh, There are times where as leaders, and I'm not saying that it's right, I'm just saying that we've done it before, in this transactional leadership space, 
we have put um, different people together in a room and tried to kind of uh, create this forming of teamwork uh, for hopefully the benefit of the organization. Now, the struggle with this is that coercion can at times be very manipulative. And when I say manipulative, right, um, there are unspoken and spoken threats that can be given along the way, right? So you already know that there are uh, different leaders, managers, VPs, directors, all the way up the food chain that you understand that if you're going to join their team, there is no other way to do things but to do it their way. And their way, it's not to say that it's all bad, uh, but definitely it's not all good, right? So uh, when I say not all bad, it's not that their intention is to do anything that would cause harm per se. And I, I want to believe that most leaders are not trying to harm um, individuals, but they do at times, we do at times, use our positional um, power, authority, and influence to create blocks of uh, very intrinsically interwoven uh, relationships with the people that we work with um, in order to get the things done that we want to get done. Now, the struggle with this is that when you join a leader's team, knowing that it's their way or the highway, or knowing that as long as you are on this team, you almost have to pledge the allegiance to the flag. There's a little bit of um, objectivity that is lost because on, on in some way you have to continuously look over your shoulder and say, am I aligning myself with this individual who has some ideas, who has some plans? Am I aligning with them? Um, and if I am not aligning with them, this may bring me or put me in a space that may cause me my job, uh, cause alienation, uh, cause subjugation. Uh, it may put you in the penalty box. Definitely information being shared becomes a little bit more um, um, tough and difficult because we can't let that person know because if they know and they find out what we're doing and they don't they don't um, go along with it um, perhaps they will be the descending voice in the meeting I mean we've seen this before right so the the, the, the danger with coercion is it almost takes away your ability to be an independent thinker without individuals believing that you are somehow against them and their leadership style just because you won't submit. Now, I think that that's a very tough place to be. I got to be honest with you. I think it's a tough place to be because where there is coercion, it means that rather than being free to make up your own mind and think your own way, you are constantly having to process your own worldview and your own thinking and your own cultural context through the eyes of the one that you believe now you are indebted to because they've now put you, whether a part of the leadership team, but definitely in the room. And so what happens is, um, I think after a while, is that the organization begins to create a culture that is unsafe and um, short of being extremely dangerous um, because the leader then um, aligns his himself or herself with individuals who may constantly make them look good at the cost of losing their own individuality.
And I think by definition, this is why coercion is, is such a powerful definition. And let me just read it one more time. The practice of persuading someone to do something by using force or threats. And here's the thing. When we look at the definition of force or threats, we're not talking about, um, you know, the 18 and the 1700s and bringing people out to the guillotine. We're not talking about public uh, flagging, flogging. We're not talking about, um, you know, losing your job per se. Um, but sometimes those that subscribe to this style of leadership, of coercion, they make it so difficult for you to lead and um, to have your own voice that after a while, like in MMA, they, they force you almost to tap out. And that's the thing about coercion. It's very passive. It's extremely passive and there are no rules, right? So there isn't a book that you're reading and following with. There's not um, a handbook or a guide of how to navigate coercion. It's just that you understand how it works. Now, let me tell you what the difficulty is. The difficulty is, is that in, in, in working environments where coercion is the way that we operate, what happens when the individual that carries the big stick, the influencer, the one who has the positional power, what happens when he or she steps aside or quits or retires or whatever happens to them, they decide to go and do something else, what happens to all of those individuals that were aligned completely with the person but not necessarily with the organization? Now, I want you to think about that for a minute, right? Because the thing is, is that when coercion is used, um, because I do believe that it is very passive and yet very aggressive, the individual is counting on individuals, persons, and people groups to really come alongside with them and, and be with them for as long as they are in power. But the struggle is, is that after that individual is no longer in power, then those that have subscribed and created alliances with that individual, they really are in no man's land. And when I say in no man's land, well, because their leader is no longer in um, authority or positional power, right, or even influential power, who is it that they are now with? So now in those situations, people have to begin to backpedal a little bit, right? Um, because if the person that um, had you under their wing is no longer in power, then the reality is how do you then become a part of the subgroup that still remains that you had ostracized and alienated yourself from? How do you plan on bringing them uh, how do you be, uh, plan on becoming a part of that group when you've already killed them? And when I say killed them, please don't get stuck on the word. Uh, killed them just means that you have done everything that you can to guard your subgroup, your subculture, at the cost of uh, removing individuals who may have something good to say, but it just doesn't align with what you're trying to do. Now, the challenge is, is that uh, until that leader steps aside and they are no longer an influencer in whatever the organization is, you never truly have cohesion.
And we've seen this in some of the politics that are out there, right? Uh, whenever a leader is there, you pledge the allegiance, you are with them, you are aligned with them, and no matter what they say, even if you disagree, you don't flinch, you don't bat an eye, you don't drop your shoulders, you don't drop your head, and even though everybody knows you are not with them, because you don't have the power to disagree with them, then guess what? You become somewhat hypocritical. And while that leader who believes in coercion is living their best life because they have surrounded themselves with individuals who um, are at least on the surface willing to go with them the distance, the struggle is after they are gone, what happens to you? So this false sense of cohesion is important because you can't fire everyone, generally speaking, that go, goes along with the person who believes in coercion. No, you, you, you absolutely can't, right? Because we're not saying that these individuals are not productive. We're not saying that these individuals don't do good work. We're not saying that they are not an asset to the company. But there is a measure of distrust that happens when you are on the outside of, the, uh, of that major group and when that other group tries to reintegrate and become a part of this larger subgroup once they're partner in crime, once their leader at arms is in that position or no longer in that position, now they're back. And so maybe part of what the struggle is as I'm thinking about co coercion and cohesion is, is it worth it, right? Um, and, and, and I'm challenging us, right? Because again, we are all guilty of wanting to work with individuals who will work with us, who may not necessarily push back on the ideas and the things that we would like to do. I think every person wants to be able to go into work each and every day and have an easy day. But here's one of the things that I've discovered, um, and I've been leading for a long time in many different spaces. If you go the easy route, right, by creating this environment of coercion, you may get a lot of things done, but you're not necessarily creating an environment of collaboration, like true um, collaboration. If you subscribe to this idea of being one who believes in coercion, then every single time you move, you have to move with that similar model. And the reason why that's a problem, or at least a struggle anyways, is that you may decide after a while, especially as we age and we get older and we see uh, life in a different lens, right? Because remember, you're, you're, you're leading in an organization, but you're not leading in a vacuum. There are other pieces that go along to you, right? You may have a family at home. You may have children at home. And if you've lived long enough, you may even have some grandchildren. So as all of these different ecosystems of people begin to chisel away and chip away at who you are, you may decide that after a while, coercion doesn't work. And I mean, look, Anybody that has kids, <laughs> especially if you have a few of them, you know that coercion is not necessarily something that is taught. Uh, kids just seem to know how to do it. And you, when you watch at times siblings going after one another and how sometimes they, they create their own alliances, even at the cost of alienating another um, child, another sibling, you understand that this thing is not easy to sit with and really process and be okay with when you are doing it 
at work and per, perhaps now you're coming home from work and you're now seeing it in some of these uh, relationships that should be a whole lot more innocent and, and, and expresses, expressive of true love. And so what happens maybe for some after a while is they change their mind. They realize that maybe collaboration and creating an environment where people are open and honest and transparency is something that is endorsed and embraced. You realize, you know what, that might actually be the better way. The struggle, though, is, is that you've been leading in connection with that other leader, or now you are that leader. You've been leading that way so long that even when you come into the office one day and you go to the corner cubicle or you speak to somebody who you've been bypassing for weeks, months, and years, and you ask them their their true opinion about something that you are gen, um, genuinely looking for some feedback on, they tell you everything that you want to hear, but they don't tell you how you really feel. And in that moment, um, may the Lord bless you. Um, but I think that for leaders that have subscribed to coercion, that has to be probably one of the lower moments of your leading time because you recognize that you're not a safe place. You're not a safe leader because the moment somebody believes that you, they cannot tell you how they feel about what it is that you're doing or what it is that you're not doing, then the transparency that is required to really deal with some of the blind spots while you're leading, you won't be able to accomplish anything with this. And yeah, this is a difficult conversation, right? Because I know that as leaders at times, you've got people that are breathing on your neck, right? You've got reports that you've got to pull out, right? And for those of you that are doing strategic planning, you've got some objectives that you have to cover off on within the next three to six months. And in your mind's eye, you say to yourself, well, if I just do it this way, whether they fear me or not, I'm still going to come out looking good because to my superiors, I'm demonstrating that I have the capacity to get something started and complete it, but the struggle is you may be creating two different levels or tiers of teamwork because you now have individuals that are a part of your inner circle that you've been using this coercion on, but then you've got this other group of individuals that are also loyal to the company and maybe not so much loyal to you, but they're also doing a good job, but you will never get to hear from them because they may never trust you because they've seen what it is that you will do. They've seen the lengths and the depths and the height of whatever it is that you will do in order to make sure that you win. And maybe part of what I'm, I'm wondering and maybe part of what I'm talking about is what does a win look like for us, for you, for me as a leader? Is a win just making sure that things get done or is the win creating an environment that is transparent and very organic? And when I say organic, it just means that you are creating an environment where individuals can come to you no matter how high up on the food chain you are and speak to you and basically say, no, I, I actually don't agree with that. I, I'm still going to do it. But if you bring this up in the meeting, I am going to push back. And let me just tell you. I think that the organizations that are growing and thriving and creating environments that are very, very good, um, very, very safe, 
um, very, um, what's the word I'm looking for, dynamic in terms of how uh, things are happening on in the marketplace, I think that those are places where coercion is not a part of the leadership style. Because here's the thing, you can't um, sit under a leader that believes in coercion and not to some degree lose a part of who you are, a bit of your soul by doing so. I think that transparency over coercion helps individuals to be able to at least see, and as a leader, they're helping you to realize that even though you've got a great idea, there is a better way. And it doesn't mean that because your way has to be modified and shifted a little bit, that it's not a good way. It just means that give me an opportunity to really tell you how I really feel about how you are doing what you are doing, because here's the thing. One of these days, you are going to step away. You're not going to be in any particular seat for the rest of your life. And if you are not in a seat for the rest of your life, then that means somebody else will have to sit there and they will have to become the new you. And what if they are not okay with the you and leading that way? Then now they become conflicted and the strength of who they are And the growth of who they are as a leader, it kind of has to take a little bit of a backbench and it has to move a little bit slower because now that they are choosing to lead in a different kind of way, they now have to um, convince those that are working with them that know the other side of them that I am not that person. I was only functioning as that person because of who was leading before. And maybe what I'm also trying to say is, I think that as leaders, the greatest thing that we can give to those that we work with, those that report to us, those that we serve, is the ability to process how they do what they do as long as they get the job done and as long as they don't have to break any of their morals and or ethics along the way. See, cohesion is important because you're not just trying to create glue while you're uh, leading or while it's your name that's in the corner office. No, you know, I, I recently had a conversation with somebody and we were talking about this and I was so excited to hear this from uh, somebody that, you know, I had I'd never had the conversation with, but cohesion is not a moment. Um, there's no deadline to cohesion. Uh, leadership, as a matter of fact, is on a continuum, which means that you never actually get a leader that is leading generally from the start. No, this leader is inheriting something from somebody else and from somebody else. And as you begin to look back, you will see that the leadership style, it morphs and it changes. And some people are very good at being people persons and other people may not be uh, so good at doing that, but they're both able to get things done. And there isn't one true model that embraces everything that leadership is supposed to be. And I know there's going to be some people that will say, you know, Andre, what about servant leadership? I believe wholeheartedly in servant leadership because I do believe that the way that we lead best is by serving those who are leading with us. Hands down, 
No disagreement there. But there are other uh, leadership models, and we are going to talk about that in season three. Um, there are different leadership models that can be incorporated and embraced and nuanced and changed and shifted a little bit so that you get a different leadership style that will work uh, based on what needs to happen. And let me just say this while we're here. I, I also want to say that it is important that we we get this reality that at different stages of your organization, there will be a need for different styles of leadership to step forward and step up and step out. So if you're not looking at where you are, what you may not see is that even though you've decided to use coercion at this stage of wherever your organization is, it may actually set you up for a fallout or a fallback later on in the future because you cannot lead without relationships and you cannot have relationships with people who cannot trust you. And here's the thing, sometimes those that you lead, they may not like you because they don't like the way that you do things. And we're not talking about ethics here. I'm just saying everybody has their own style of doing what they're doing. But at the end of the day, you have to create an environment where trust and uh, um, authenticity and all of those different adjectives, they come to pass because that's where true cohesion happens. The glue of your organization is not just your ability to get things done, but it's the ability to create an environment where everyone has a voice so that we can at least see what if we go that way a little bit. Will we, we be stronger or will we be weaker? And only you'll know that as a leader. But at the end of the day, if you use your leadership style that embraces force, threats, embarrassment, all of those other things, some of your brightest and best people will not be there for too long. And once they're gone, they're gone. And once they're gone, more than likely, they are referencing you as the style and the person of the individual and leader that they may never want to work for again. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation. If you'd like me to come and uh, speak to you a little bit more about this, hey, it's uh, bstlinc21 at gmail.com. And listen, all I'm challenging on this conversation is there has to be a better way. Force and threats, I don't know that that works anymore. We have to find a way to create real cohesion so that we're building a team so that we will collaborate even when there are dissenting voices in the room. Until next time, take care. But for now, coercion, I'm not sure that it leads to cohesion. So let's figure out a better way. Take care.